I was reading a little bit about the art of acting the other day, and I learned that there are actually different styles of acting. This was something new to me. There is one style that is called method acting, which is where the actor tries to get in character as much as possible. Method actors try to think and feel the things that their characters are supposedly thinking and feeling. For example, if the script has the character as sleep deprived, a method actor will actually go without sleep before shooting that scene. Or if it calls for him to be angry, he'll actually try to find something to make him mad. The other main school of acting is called character or classical acting. Here, the actor is simply focused on trying to perform the role. He very self-consciously focuses only on the external details of the performance. How he thinks or feels in relation to the character is irrelevant. Sir Lawrence Olivier would be an example of the classical method. It's said that if you watch Sir Lawrence prepare for a role, you'd see an interesting back and forth. At the first rehearsal, he would play his character, but he would be wildly over-exaggerated. Then the next rehearsal, he would be strangely subdued in comparison, almost underacting. The next rehearsal, he would be overdoing it again, and then back to underdoing it. Back and forth until for the actual filming or performance, he would hit the sweet spot and be brilliant. In today's gospel, Jesus speaks about the importance of humility. It's an important message for our time. We live in an era where humility is in short supply. The internet and social media have created a climate in which bragging and self-promotion have become commonplace, even expected, in ways that would have shocked and offended people just a few generations ago. Humility is a species of the virtue of temperance. Temperance is that cardinal virtue that restrains us from pursuing inordinate desires. Humility, as an aspect of that, stops us from seeking honor and glory for ourselves in an inordinate way. Humility does not mean that we are completely unaware of our own talents and gifts, or that we deny them to others, or that we refuse any praise that anyone else ever wants to give us. That's false humility, which is just disguised pride. Humility means that we have a properly formed disposition about ourselves, which is to give honor to God for any good thing that we are able to do, because we acknowledge that ultimately all good things come from God. As C.S. Lewis said, God wants to bring a man to a state of mind in which he could design the best cathedral in the world and know it to be the best and rejoice in that fact without being any more or less or otherwise glad at having done it than he would have been if it had been done by another. To have genuine humility means that we are completely self-aware about our strengths and weaknesses, yet we combine that with a kind of self-forgetfulness, where we don't dwell on where those strengths and weaknesses place us in relation to some social hierarchy. That's the end goal of humility. The problem, of course, is that most of us are not there yet. And so our Lord's advice is, quite frankly, fake it until you make it. Don't wait until you feel humble to start acting humble, even if you have to grit your teeth in order to do it. Like Sir Lawrence Olivier, we can act humble even if we don't feel humble. It does require some self-conscious effort, which might seem artificial. We have to, pardon the pun, 
take some pride in our acts of humility. Jesus tells us in the gospel to deliberately take the lower seat. Notice that he doesn't say, if you were truly humble, if you had the virtue of humility, you just walk in and take that lesser seat without thinking about it. Because he knows that his disciples, and by extension us, aren't naturally that humble. Similarly, he doesn't say, if you were really charitable, your first thought would be to invite the poor and the lonely to your dinner, not your friends and your family and your would-be friends on the A-list. Instead, he just tells them exactly what to do, regardless of how they feel about it. Take the lower seat, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Because he knows that for most of us at the beginning, this kind of humility will take a kind of unhumble effort. That isn't a bad thing. As Aristotle taught, taking action is the high road to virtue. Human virtues, including humility, do not just magically develop in us. We have to work at them. This is true even of the theological virtues that we receive by grace in the sacraments. While we don't generate faith, hope, and love in ourselves, we do need to cooperate with God's grace in cultivating them to the fullest in our lives, even more so the other virtues. Our Lord even gives us an incentive for being humble. He says that if we take that lesser seat, the host will come to us and say, my friend, move up to a higher position, and then we will enjoy the esteem of our company at the table. Or similarly, if we invite the poor rather than the rich into our homes, Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. To posit a reward for being humble might seem a contradictory message, but we have to understand the metaphor that Jesus is using. The host who invites the man up to the higher seat is God. The one who will repay us at the resurrection is God. Wanting to be holy, wanting to be a saint even, if we properly understand what that entails, is not a failure of humility, because a genuine desire for sanctity is not an inordinate desire for glory among men. Rather, it seeks the glory that our Lord promises us if we simply abide in his word. And a further difference is that if we cultivate the virtue of humility, even with some deliberate effort, it will eventually become second nature to us. That's the way virtues work then the desire to seek the glories and honors of heaven will be subsumed to the love of God and our desire to simply be with him for eternity. We won't desire the glory of heaven so much as we will desire the love of God in heaven. Bruce Lee once said, acts of kindness are rarely without deliberation and thoughtfulness. Some artificiality, some posing and pretense is inseparable from anything that involves a limitation on our appetites and our desires. We ought to be aware of people who do not think it necessary to at least pretend to others that they are good and decent. Lack of hypocrisy in such things hints at a capacity for more depraved ruthlessness. Pretense is often an indispensable step in the attainment of genuineness. It is the form into which genuine inclinations will eventually flow and solidify. Our church and all that she entails, the sacraments, the liturgy, the devotions, the prayers, the pilgrimages, the works of charity, these are molds which are meant to form us into saints worthy of a place in heaven. It's not always a seamless, painless process. Like Sir Laurence Olivier, fine-tuning a performance 
we can at times be too outsized or too undersized in our Christian life. But we get poured into that mold. Things get pinched. They get compressed. Sometimes stuff is squeezed out the top. Sometimes we even have to be melted down and reformed altogether. Humility is what keeps us pliable in that process. Humility is what allows God to say of us, despite our sins and our faults and our failings, Behold, I make all things new. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.